0: It's a special edition of the IdahoSports.com PrepCast. We are live and coming at you on Facebook, on Twitter, and the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel. Welcome into our 2021 state softball tournament preview. Brandon Bainey alongside Lauren Jensen. We're going to be breaking down the brackets. Lauren, thank you for joining us. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, this is my favorite time of year. You know, this time of year, I'm not Brandon Bainey, I'm Brackets Bainey, because I (laughs) love looking at the brackets, dissecting every matchup. It's going to be fantastic. Softball this year in the state of Idaho has been really exciting. There's been some really dominant pitchers, some timely hitting, and just the fact that we were able to get through an entire season after the previous one was wiped out because of COVID-19 is is a big accomplishment.
1: Yeah, I was looking at you know some stats over the last couple of days and looking at teams and yeah, we've got some teams that have just been phenomenal, um, you lost a handful of games, scoring 12, 15 runs a game, you know, and only given up a handful of runs a game. So there's been some pretty impressive performances across all classifications.
0: Dan, there's some dominant teams that we're going to discuss. I guess without further ado, let's get right into it. But before we do, also, I want to give a shout-out to all the people that are watching live, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. If you want to participate, you want to give your favorite player or your favorite team a shout-out, you want us to talk about a team a little more in-depth, just just leave a comment. We'll put it up on the screen. We'll give you the shout-out, and then we'll talk about your favorite team or favorite athlete. So as we go throughout the night – Hop in with the comments, give your favorite athlete or team a shout out, and we'll put it up on the screen. That's what it's all about, having fun here live and interactive with IdahoSports.com. All right, well, let's start at the top, the 5A State Softball Tournament. Here's a look at the official bracket. Uh, right off the bat, Lauren, what stands out to you here with this?
1: Well, looking at Highland and um, Eagle, you know, those two teams, pretty good records on both sides, obviously, and, um, Different different conference matchups, but Highland comes in twenty-one and five, nine and three um, in conference, and then Eagle nineteen and eight, nine and five. So Eagle the D seed out of the third district. So you know they had some really good teams in that district. Um, Highland comes in as the the A seed out of five six, and so it's hard to say. You know these teams. I didn't look at if they have common opponents, but one thing that I really saw was you know high Highland and eagle they're both scoring right around 10 runs a game um and but the big difference that i saw eagle's giving up seven um runs a game whereas Highland only giving up about four so there's a little discrepancy there so you know maybe defense plays out a little bit pitching
0: Yes, and Highland has a great one-two combo um, in the pitcher circle. Uh, sophomore Marissa Mauger, who's been fantastic all season long, and then uh, senior Maddie Van Sickle uh, has also been outstanding. Her older sister is Kenzie Van Sickle, the softball coach at Marsh Valley, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here at the 3A level. So Highland's kind of got the pitching. Eagle kind of has the offense, though. They They've been able to score in bunches, but like you said, they're also giving up um, as many runs as they're scoring sometimes. So yeah, at this time of year, when it comes to state, I don't know about you, Lauren, but I always kind of lean more towards the team that's got the better pitching. Is that how you're feeling also?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially where, you know, you know, some of these teams, obviously they've paid, played each other before, so they're familiar with the, the different pitchers that they're going to face. But if you go up against a team that you haven't faced their pitcher, I feel like automatically that pitcher has an advantage on you. It's, you know, they talk about hitting being one of the hardest things to do in sports in general, hitting a baseball. Well, tell you what, there's some phenomenal athletes in the the softball ranks. You you talked about Sydney Groves for Eagle Mustangs, um, hitting 481 this year, 15 home, uh, home runs and 50 RBIs. I don't don't know that I had 50 RBIs throughout, and I definitely didn't have 15 home runs throughout my whole high school career. So just some phenomenal hitters for both these squads.
0: Yes. And and one more note from this uh, matchup with Highland and Eagle Highlands coach uh, Tisha, uh, Tisha Coverdell uh, has been with the program since it started. She's in her 25th season at Highland High. She is retiring at the end of the season. And so it's senior day uh, just a couple weeks ago at Highland High School. They actually had a ceremony uh, unbeknownst to Coach Coverdell where they actually named the field after her. So that you know, in terms of oh storybook endings, you know, Coach Coverdell going out on top of a winner would be nice for Highland. Uh they are on the tough side of the bracket though, because as we bring it up again, you've got Rocky Mountain waiting right below in the next matchup against Skyview. So it's an all district three matchup. Rocky Mountain I, I would say is probably the the overwhelming favorite coming in simply because they're twenty four and one this year.
1: Yeah 24 and one and 12 and one in conference. It was was it uh, shoot? Who was their lone loss? Was it Mountain View? I I can't remember now, but they had one lone loss. Don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, phenomenal season to lose one game in a, in a softball or a baseball season is just phenomenal. And yeah, definitely the overall favorite. And you look at their their uh, scoring differential. They're scoring almost thirteen runs a game and only giving up you know four and a half five runs a game. So again, powerful bet. Powerful offense and maybe some good pitching can shut them down. You know, there's some good pitchers on the other teams, but their defense has been pretty phenomenal and stout as well. So they, they're they kind of the whole package right now. A tough matchup right away for Skyview who's obviously faced them already.
0: Yeah, so Rocky Mountain uh their loss was to Timberline. They lost 6 to 1. Timberline also is uh, on the bottom half of that bracket, very tough. Uh and then that district championship was kind of wild with Mountain View. Mountain View came into that district tournament as the number 6 seed and they got all the way to the championship against top-seeded Rocky Mountain. It was a wild back and forth game. Rocky ended up winning on a walk-off 14 to 13. Um, Liz Marshall came through with the game winning base hit. Isabella Brinkman scored the game winning run. So, I mean, Rocky Mountain, even when they're in tight games, seem to find ways to come through and win. And so, yes, as you mentioned, Skyview will have their hands full. They actually had to win the state play in game to advance to state. They defeated Lake City from the north 18 to 8. We're already starting to get some comments in. Uh, how about our guy, Scott Burton? He's going to be joining us tomorrow on the baseball uh, podcast preview that'll be live at four o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Lauren, you're going to be there for that as well, right?
1: Yeah, that's the plan. Yes. Barring yeah. anything crazy. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Scotty giving us a shout out there in the comments. And again, if you, uh, got fans, uh, uh of teams or players and you want to give your favorite team a shout out, here's, here's uh Tammy go Rocky. Yes. Rocky is going to be very tough to beat in this, uh, five, a softball tournament. Let's get back to the bracket. As we uh, move now to the bottom half, you've got Post Falls against Mountain View. Those are two teams that kind of, uh, like we said, got hot at the right time. Mountain View was the number six seed at districts, got all the way to the district championship game. Post Falls came into the the one A district, one uh, two district tournament as the number three seed. And they got to the championship against Lewiston and knocked off the regular season champ, uh, Lewiston Bengals. Lewiston actually didn't even make it to state. And then uh, the final matchup, Thunder Ridge against Timberline. And we talked about Timberline, the only team to knock off Rocky. So uh, whereas the top half of the bracket, I think, is definitely Rocky Mountains, the bottom half is kind of wide open. It's kind of it's kind of where all the wild cards are.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at Post Falls and, you know, and they've they had a good season. Um you know, 15 and five, seven and five overall, uh, or excuse me, seven and five in conference, fifteen and five overall. You know, a good respectable season, eighteen and nine for Mountain View, 10 and 5 in conference. Thunder, you know, 17 and 7. They were the number one seed going into the district tournament and ended up getting beat by Highland and had to come back through and win. But 10 and 2 in conference. So, um, and then Timberline, 17 and 8, 11 and 4, a lot of evenly matched teams. Again, if you look at you know, run differentials. You know, it's three, four, maybe five runs versus what they score and what they give up. Nobody has a negative run differential on this bracket in the 5A. So everybody can put up some points and plays pretty good defense, put up runs. We'll see. I don't know. The bottom half, yeah, interesting to see what happens there.
0: Well, Tammy gave Rocky the shout out a few moments ago. She says, uh, I think post falls could be a great contender. I, you know, I have to agree. You know, that's the hard thing this time of year, those teams of North, you just, you have no idea because they, you know, Post Falls was able to come down and play, I think, in the in the big spring break tournament they always do. But um, you, typically those teams from the north are kind of wild cards. It's hard to figure out. But, yeah, they, they have the potential as well for sure.
1: Yeah, and Thunder, I think Thunder Ridge, you know, here in eastern Idaho, they're another one that could be a big contender on that bottom half of the bracket, make a run. They've got some great players. They've got some big hitters um, on that team. And, yeah, I think they could make a run as well.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah, we mentioned uh, Thunder Ridge, Timberline at the bottom there. I do want to give one shout out to Timberline. They have a junior pitcher, Amber Thornton, and she has been absolutely amazing in the pitcher circle this year. 15 and one with a 185 ERA. She's thrown, I lost count. She's thrown multiple no hitters this season, maybe even a perfect game. Um, beyond that though, the depth is a question. And so uh, really this time of year in softball, almost everybody has one pitcher. That's awesome. It's the teams that have two that are typically the ones that, uh, advance and do well. Right.
1: Yeah. If you've got two dominant pitchers in softball, I mean, one can take you a long ways Two, though that really puts you over the top and you know, that'll be a fun matchup. Brinley DeBell for Thunder Ridge. You know, she had a, she had a double header day where she went eight for 10. You know, and she, so it'll be a fun matchup to see her up against that, you know, Amber Thornton, who's 15 and one, you know, 1.85 ERA, who's going to win out the hitting or the pitching.
0: Yeah. It's going to be fantastic to watch. So yeah, that five, a tournament, I think it's going to be pretty good, but Rocky mountain, probably the favorite going in and we'll see what happens on that bottom half. All right, let's move on to the four a bracket now. And this is another one where. I think coming in, Bishop Kelly is probably the prohibitive favorite. They've been near the top of the coaches' poll all season long. But first in the top half of the bracket, you have Blackfoot against Twin Falls. That's uh, two district champions there. And then Lakeland against Ridgeview. That top half of the bracket is loaded. You're talking about three district champions and then Ridgeview, which was the runner-up in District 3. They lost to Bishop Kelly in a pretty tight game. That's a tough top of the bracket, Lauren.
1: Yeah, I mean Blackfoot 20 and 6, they undefeated in conference play. Um Twin Falls 11 and 1 in conference play, 19 and 7 overall. You know, Lakeland don't let that 13 and 16 overall record trick you because they were 7 and 1 in conference. They play in that 4A 5A combined conference up there up north. And so, you know, they got a little they played some tough competition and Yeah. Don't let that in Ridgeview, you know, we were talking about them early in the season, just the phenomenal season that they had going and ended up losing to BK, but that's nothing to hang your head about. They'll be right in the mix as well.
0: Yeah. We were able to talk to Ridgeview coach Jody Hoagland on the prep cast. It was back in March, um, but Ridgeview got off to such a a great start. You know, they started 13 and two, you know, they were the number one ranked team in the coaches poll. And since then it's been kind of up and down, you know, they've gone six and six over their last 12 games. But like we said, they, uh, represented well played Bishop Kelly, fairly tough in that district championship loss Ridgeview. It's kind of a team effort. They don't really have any outstanding stars. And so coach Hoagland told me that the motto for the team is keep on chopping. Everybody's got to get up there and chop away at it. And, um, hopefully the collective effort of our team will be successful. Blackfoot has some power hitters as well. Uh, Vic Agato has done really well this year and they always just seem to be in the mix. Uh, You know, I don't know what it is, but Blackfoot always seems to be playing well at the right time of the year. And I think they could be a real dark horse.
1: Yeah. And it's funny you say dark horse, but man, they're 20 and six, you know, they're a district champion. And so, But yeah, just kind of maybe that under the radar season a little bit other than right here in Eastern Idaho in their own conference. But yeah, the talk is about BK. The talk was about Ridgeview and some of those District 3 teams. But yeah, there's some other phenomenal teams in, in this bracket that can really step up. You know, Twin Falls, 19 and 7, you know, they've put up good numbers. There's almost, you know, 11 runs a game and only given up almost five. So that's a good differential for Twin Falls.
0: Yeah, Twin Falls has a great pitcher as well, Hannah Holcomb, who's thrown a couple of no-hitters this year as well. There's there's lots of pitchers that we're going to talk about that have thrown just a slew of no-hitters and even perfect games throughout the season yet. Yeah, Blackfoot, I'm trying to remember and the reason why Lauren and I are, are doing the softball previews because we are the ones that put together the the softball coaches poll every week. I got to be honest, I, you know, it was a few times if any that Blackfoot was actually ranked in the top five in that coaches poll they were always in the receiving votes but i don't ever maybe a couple weeks but like i said 20 and 6 and i think pretty unheralded 20 and 6 for blackfoot
1: well yeah they didn't end up in the final coaches poll um you know you had bk1 twin falls 2 and ridgeview 3 where the top three of the four and five aren't that were in that final coaches poll aren't in the tournament um middleton i believe was one of those and i can't think of the other but yeah. So, and that was kind of the way looking at the brackets overall in the coat, the last, the final coaches poll, some of the brackets got almost all teams. They had four of the five top teams in the, in the tournament. Um, but this one, there was only three. So, um, just, some crazy district tournament stuff
0: happened yes well uh, before we get to the bottom half of the bracket, some more fans chiming in here jed torgerson go west jefferson panthers go jordan torgerson number 44 yeah she is an awesome pitcher and we're going to talk more about west jefferson and you want to talk about a loaded bracket wait till we get to the 2a uh, that'll come up in just a little bit Jed, and, and then we'll we'll talk all about jordan and the west jefferson panthers uh andrea says hi
1: hey you know, hi.
0: You know her, Lauren?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good-looking lady right there.
0: (laughs) That's for sure. So thanks for being with us here on IdahoSports.com. And remember, if you want to give a shout-out to your favorite team or player, uh, just do it in the comments and put it up on the screen and and let everybody know what you're thinking. Okay, let's get back to the bottom half of that 4A bracket. Uh, This is where you know I really think it's set up well for Bishop Kelly because they're playing Minico, a team that really – comes in with a nine and 17 record. They just got hot at districts and upset a bunch of teams, including Jerome in that second and third place game. Um, And then you've got century and Valley view. And again, Valley View took third behind Bishop Kelly in the district And, and century is a team that won their district, but you never know because it was a three team district and how their schedule played out. And so I think that bottom half of the bracket sets up really well for Bishop Kelly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That opening round with Minico, you know, never write anybody off. And Minico's hot right now. I mean, they've had a good run at the end of their tournament. Um, Their record, obviously, a losing record, and their point differential, their run differential, is negative. You know, they and that makes sense where they lost more games than won. So, but if you're hot at the right time, we've seen other teams make great runs in in tournaments, and they very well could. But they've got a a tough task up front with BK right off the bat, and then Century Valley View, you know. Again, Valley View, the C team out there, Century won the uh out of the fourth district. They're the district champions. Fifteen and five up against nineteen and nine. So yeah, it's BK kind of the same way in that uh the loaded top bracket in the five A's, a little bit loaded here. And then you got BK at the bottom with I don't know, we'll see what kind of competition they face up against. BK, they just had a phenomenal season, nineteen and three.
0: Yes. Blackfoot getting a shout out here in the comments. Thanks for commenting. And yeah, we want it, bring it on. We want more comments from the fans. Uh, I did want to note really quick with Bishop Kelly uh, on their social media. I follow all of their, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and they call themselves the bomb squad because they hit so (laughs) many home runs. And after every game they're uploading, Hey, here's who represented the bomb squad tonight. And they'll take a picture with whoever hit home runs. And there's usually two or three girls standing there smiling after each game. So it's been fun to watch throughout the year. And then, you know, century just like highland we talked about Century's longtime coach bruce gibbons is retiring at the end of the year this is the first time century has been to state in a a couple of years and so again kind of that storybook ending can century get there you know they'll have a tough road but it'll be interesting to watch that as well
1: yeah it'd be fun for these teams you know with coaches retiring and some of these other scenarios to be able to go out on a high point Uh, you know making the tournaments great but to make a run in the tournament bring home some hardware that would be icing on the cake for those
0: coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's pull up the 3A state bracket now, and this is where we start to get, you know, I think this thing is wide open. I I look at, um, you know, probably four or five different teams that have a chance here. At the top of the bracket, you've got Timberlake up against Gooding and then Filer against Weezer. Let's just break down that top half of the bracket. Timberlake, oh, man, they really – put the state on notice when they defeated bonners ferry in their district title game 37 to two are you kidding me (laughs) yeah
1: and and that's a shortened game you know that's a five inning game i i both believe and so i don't know maybe not in the district tournament maybe they play all all seven anyways but i think they still have the run rule in, in district tournament so yeah they put up 37 runs in five innings that's yeah talk about bomb squad
0: I mean, in that game alone, Ashley Grantham four for six, two home runs, including a grand slam, nine RBIs, four runs scored. Lacey Peterson three for four, six RBIs, four runs scored. Emma Howard four for five with a home run, five RBIs, four runs scored. That's a tough lineup. How do you navigate that? That's
1: well, and talk about you know padding your stats a little bit on that last game of the of the of the regular season. I mean, you know, their run differential. I don't know what it was prior to that game, but this one definitely helped. They were scoring on average 19 and a half runs a game. Of course, that 37 bumps that average a little bit, but they were only giving up three throughout the season. So they're, that's going to be tough. Uh, they're going to be a tough team and a tough out for anyone.
0: Well, yeah, and they're 21 and three, and their reward for winning their district is a first-round matchup with Gooding, which is a top-five team. You know, Gooding yep. went 22 and five in the regular season, and actually got upset. They were the number one seed in in the District 4 tournament, and Filer knocked them off not once but twice. Um, And then Gooding had to win a play-in game against Snake River to even get to State, which is crazy that a a team that had been ranked in the top five pretty much all season almost didn't make it. But now you've got this really fascinating first-round matchup, Timberlake and Gooding, two top five teams right off the bat going at it. And that's the way the bracketing goes sometimes.
1: Well yeah, and looking at the final coaches poll, Timberlake was fourth. You know, that's a good rank, you know, fourth in the state. Gooding was ranked second um, in that final coaches poll. And of course, we'll get to the bottom, but Homedale comes in as the, you know, that final coaches poll one, but yeah, a 4 and a 2, a top 5 matchup according to the last coaches poll right off the bat. That's that's going to be a tough game. We'll see how they match up.
0: Yeah. And then uh, I, we mentioned It's not going to be
1: 37 to 2. It's not going to be 37 <laughs> to 2. I'll well, make that prediction right now.
0: And how about this now? If, let's talk about it from Gooding's perspective. If we pull up that bracket again, let's say you're Gooding and you knock off a very tough Timberlake team. You might have to play Filer in the semifinals. That's a team you just saw twice at districts, and they got your number twice. That, that's crazy to me that two teams from the same district are right there uh, on the same side of the bracket.
1: Yeah, this, it, you know, and that's that's just the nature of the brackets at times. You get matched up, and sometimes it's beneficial, and sometimes it's not.
0: Yeah. So that'll be a good matchup to uh, Filer, as we said, the district four champions. And then Weezer uh, was the number three seed at districts, and they knocked out the number two seed, Payette, 11 to seven to earn their spot at state. Weezer at 15 and 14 overall, kind of uh, one of those uh, Cinderella teams that gets hot at the right time. Uh, we've got more comments coming here in the chat. Let's go, South Fremont Cougars. Well, that's a good way to transition into the bottom half of the bracket because that's where uh, we – that's the 4A. Right? Hold on. Okay, that's where go. we see, South Fremont. And so, you know, if you're a Cougars fan, you got to be feeling pretty good uh, taking on a Bonners Ferry team that got, you know, waxed by Timberlake in the district championship, and then they had to turn around on Saturday and beat Kellogg in their district tournament just to get in. But if you're South Fremont, you have to like that first-round matchup.
1: Yeah, it, up- you know, you look at uh, overall records there: nine and thirteen for South Fremont, nine and twelve for Bonners Ferry. Um, Bonners Ferry obviously played some more ter- uh, conference games: six and six, and three and one for South Fremont in that just that three-team bra- uh, ter- conference. But yeah, I-, I would look to see if that's going to be a pretty close game. Um, you know, looking at South Fremont, they had to beat Sugar Salem twice. Um, but here's interesting. Uh, you sent me some information, Brandon. South Fremont—they're zero and five against the other teams at state. They've lost to Filer, Marsh Valley twice, and Gooding twice. So that doesn't bode well. But you get past that first game, and things change. The tournament's a whole different animal. So that'll be a good matchup between South Fremont and Bonners Ferry.
0: Yeah, and well, in South Fremont, you mentioned they beat Sugar Salem uh, twice, and both games were really tight—fourteen to thirteen and and fifteen to fourteen. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And then and then maybe the most intriguing first round matchup is at the very bottom with Marsh Valley and Homedale. You mentioned Homedale uh, has pretty much been the number 1 team most of the season in the coaches poll. They're uh, 20 and 5 and 1, one of those ties in there. Marsh Valley is 14 and 6. They uh, won District 5. They've got a great pitcher in Libby Larson. Homedale has a great uh player in Olivia Asimendi uh, and so I think this is going to be a fantastic matchup as well. We know Marsh Valley's baseball team is really good. How will the softball team perform?
1: Well, they they did pretty good. I mean, they won their district and they're there, but they they're coming up against, you know, the number 1 ranked team arguably in the state and and Homedale again run differential. You know, Marsh Valley, at, they're scoring 10 and giving up almost 6. And Homedale, they're scoring 12 and giving up right at six. So if, if Marsh Valley, if, if the pitching can hold Homedale's bats down and keep them cold, keep them off the bases, you know, Marsh Valley have a good shot at Homedale and that that'll be a good test. If they can get by them, they might have a good shot at getting to that state tournament championship game.
0: Yeah. It's going to be a good matchup for sure. Let's transition now to the two way bracket. And this is where things are just like, not even fair. If you look at this top half of the bracket, you have St. Mary's 21 and two Malad 21 and zero, West Jefferson 20 and two, just the top three teams on the bracket line. That's a combined what 62 and four. And then you have Nampa Christian, which is no slouch either 16, and six and one, but they were in a very tough district, district three. That is a gauntlet in that just, just like it seemed like the two a state basketball bracket this year was top heavy on the top line of the bracket. Same thing here in softball.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it, it just tough matchups, you know, to open up that bracket. And what, what do you do? You you know, short of seeding the bracket, this is what happens. And yeah, none of those top three teams in the bracket lost a conference game. They were all, you know, perfect through conference. Twelve and zero for St. Mary's, six and zero for Malad, eight and zero for West J. And, you know, in the coaches' poll, Malad was one in the final coaches' poll. Malad was one. West J was two, and St. Mary's came in at five. And and half of that is because St. Mary's again, they're that north ish team that you know maybe you don't know as much about, but hey, they were twenty one and two. They're pretty good.
0: Yeah, a, a lot of years, you know, St. Mary's-Malad might be the matchup for the for the championship, and here it is in the first round. Obviously, the discussion has to start with Malad. The last time we had a state tournament in 2019, they won it. Um, they are on a, what are they on now? A 36-game winning streak heading into state, which, you know, is awesome. The big winning streaks are awesome, but also it creates pressure with each game yeah. as well.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure the coaching staff there has done a great job of just kind of minimizing that. I'm sure the girls know about it. Uh, they understand a lot of the been multiple years, you know, players on, on that team and have been a big part of that winning streak. But, yeah, the focus now is, hey, it doesn't matter. None of those games matter. We have to win this one and then we got to turn around and win again and win again. And hopefully, you know, one, two, three, four, if they go four more and extend that to 40 game winning streak. They'll be back to back state champions.
0: Yeah, and our, our uh, Madison Guernsey did a great uh, feature article about the Malad softball program. It's on the homepage at IdahoSports.com if you want to read it. Uh their their star is Riley Dorius. She's a senior. She's a threat in the pitcher circle. She's 21 and 0 with a 0.84 ERA. And then at the plate, you know, she's batting 636 with seven home runs and 34 RBIs a true dual threat. We're getting some more uh, comments here. Uh, Daniel Kendall says Highland Rams will be tough. They have a lot of talent. Go Rams. Absolutely. We talked about the five, a bracket at the very start. And so, um, if you didn't catch that live, you can go back and watch it on the replay. Um, and then also we've got, uh, KOFE 1240 AM in St. Mary's let's go St. Mary's <laughs> lumberjacks. Yes. I, I think St. Mary's has a good chance. Very tough first round matchup. St. Mary's has a star just like Riley Dorius for from lad, Tacey Watkins, who has been just phenomenal this year. She's only a sophomore. She's 13 and two with a 152 ERA this year. And she's thrown like three or four. I lost count. Again, she's thrown multiple no hitters throughout the season, maybe even a perfect game at some point. And then she's also batting 579 with 30 RBIs and 30 runs scored, which is just crazy.
1: Yeah, when you can account for 60 runs on the season, that's uh, you're doing your job at the plate. That's a phenomenal season for her. And like you said, just a sophomore Casey Watkins. You know, and I, I go back to Malad um, for Dorius. She's 21 and0 this season. They, they only played 21 games. So she she start, she must have thrown and started or won every game as a, as a starting pitcher. That's phenomenal. That's just unreal.
0: And that's what we talked about in 2A. Um, there's a lot of star pitchers, but it's the teams that, if you can find that second arm that can really deliver, that's where you are going to have success. The third team on the top half of the bracket, Wes Jefferson, we mentioned they're 20 and 2. Jordan Torgerson got a shout out a little earlier on on the live stream. Uh, she is another phenomenal pitcher, 8 and 2 with the 0.95 ERA this year. And, you know, she's throwing a couple of no hitters as well. And, you know, Napa Christian is going to have their hands full. Nampa Christian upset um, top-seeded Melba 10-9 to to uh, steal the last spot at state there. And so, you know, Wes Jefferson looks good in the first round.
1: Yeah, and I think out of those top four teams, West Jay got the good draw. Um, we'll see how they match up. Nampa Christian in a tough, and again, in a tough district and hot coming in as they upset, like I said, the top-seeded Melba. So, yeah, you know, they're going to need Jordan Torgerson to throw her best stuff but with the 0.95 era yeah, you know she's been doing that all season she should come in and and i'm sure that they'll just lean on her and look for some offense from the rest of the the gals on that
0: team yeah so the top half of the bracket is loaded the bottom half i don't know you could throw a dart and <laughs> probably win went- all four teams, I think, are pretty even. You've got New Plymouth, which uh, won District 3. They were the number two-seeded districts and one. Bear Lake, which is uh, the runner-up to Malad. You know, maybe a lot of times Bear Lake would have won their district. It's just that they're in the same conference as Malad. And then, you know, Deklo and Firth, that final first-round matchup, that's kind of a coin flip as well. What do you see on the bottom half?
1: Well, you know, the bottom half, Bear Lake 21 and six. So they've got a really good record, but New Plymouth 18 and eight, you know, not much of a difference there. Both a couple losses in conference Um, point differential. I like looking at a run differential, you know, New Plymouth 13 runs a game, giving up six and a half and then Bear Lake, they are, you know, they're putting up 12 and giving up five. So it's, that's a toss up. That could be a phenomenal uh, game. It's going to be a tough one. Declow and Firth, you know, and they're very well evenly matched not scoring as many points or runs a game, but giving up about the same amount and, you know, about 500 for both of them on the season overall, eight and seven for Deklo, 12 and 11 for, for Firth. So again, a toss up in that game, like I said, toss a dart and pick your two teams and then see who matches up in the next game.
0: Yeah. Deklo played by far the fewest amount of games, uh, only eight and seven. So they got in 15 games where a lot of the teams got in, you know, 23, 24 games yeah. there so all right let's move on to 1a the final classification the bracket looks a little different because there's only two districts and so six teams get to go the top 30 finishers from each district so in the first round you've got uh glenn's ferry and genesee and then at the bottom prairie against rimrock and then the two district champs uh potlatch and notice await the winners so when you look at this 1a field what do you see lauren
1: well, you're right. You know, and I wasn't familiar with this bracket just based on that. And it, it's a little funky, but nice. The two district champions get the bye, which makes total sense there. Glens Ferry, Genesee, you know, looking at those two teams again, Glens 14 and 6, 11 and 1 um, in their conference. I got to think Notice kind of, you know, Notice was right there though, too. You know, that was a tough. District championship game. I've got to assume Genesee ten and eleven, so they're five hundred on the season, just better than or just under five hundred on the season. I think it's maybe a tall task for Genesee. They're their point different or run differentials right there even. Whereas Glen's Ferry, they're you know about a, a five or six run difference. They're putting up more runs. So I think if I had to guess, I'm going to pick uh, Glenn's Ferry there just based on you know their, their offensive output.
0: Yeah, uh, noticed defeated Glens Ferry 5-3 to three in that district championship game. So, it was yeah, it was pretty close throughout. Uh, and, and Glens Ferry has a player, Aubrey Gibbons, who we've talked about a lot this year. She's been great at the plate. She's been great in the pitcher's circle. Um, in an earlier district game against Greenleaf Friends Academy, she went 5-for-5 five five with two doubles, two triples, and seven RBIs. I mean, especially at the 1A level, if you've got a difference maker like that, it can be huge.
1: Well, and, and Genesee, you know, I I make my pick for Glens Ferry, and I start looking at some of the things that Genesee's done. You know, they had to they had to win a game over cul-de-sac. It was 21-8. and eight. Um, And, you know, and then, you know, they had Kylie Carter go five for five with a double and a triple in that game. And then they knock off the two-seed Kendrick 15-10 to 10, to get that final spot at state. And so, you know, they're on a run themselves. They're a hot team coming into the tournament. And so if you're Glens Ferry, don't overlook them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then on the bottom half of the bracket, you've got Prairie up against Rimrock, and these are two teams that um, got knocked off early in districts and had to fight their way back. Prairie came in as the number three seed, and then they knocked off Kendrick in the semifinal. So Kendrick is the defending 1A champs. They won it in 2019. Well, they're not back this year, so somebody is going to be the new champion in 2020. Uh, one. So Prairie comes in and they've got, you know, a lot of the athletes you saw on the basketball court, especially Madison Shears, who played in the all-state all-star basketball game. She's playing for the softball team. They've got a great coach and Jeff Martin. And so uh, Prairie, I think, record wise is pretty even with Rimrock uh, 15 and five for Prairie 15 and six for Rimrock. But I think the pirates are a really good sneaky team. Rimrock had to win the third place game over um, Greenleaf friends Academy. And they only won that by a run to get to state. So that's going to be an interesting matchup as well.
1: Yeah, it really it looks like evenly matched teams going up against each other. So it's kind of a toss up again. And that's, that's what you want. You want good, good games at these tournaments, exciting games. And, The winners move on. The losers, you know, head to that backside of the bracket to try to uh, pick up some hardware there as well.
0: And then we talked about the two district champs. Uh, We'll get the bye. They'll play the winners of those two opening round games. Uh, Notice was the district three champion. They were the number two seeded districts and defeated Glens Ferry five to three in that district championship game. Uh, They've been leaning on a young sophomore, Lexi Cudaback, who's been pretty good this year. But really, you know, they're kind of an unknown. They. Didn't play a ton of games, you know. They're thirteen and two, so only fifteen games. It's hard to tell with that small of a sample size, you know, what Notice is going to do. But they're hey, they're one step closer than four of the six teams that are there. So,
1: well, yeah, and and just because they're the two district championships, compare them there to Potlatch on the on the top half of the bracket. You know, Potlatch seventeen and one, so not much difference in their, in their overall schedules, 12 and 0 in conference, which it looks awesome, but really, you know, they only played 18 games. So three more, three more games than Potlatch did. And that's kind of the story, you know, 20 games was the most for Prairie out of um, Prairie and Glens Ferry. I guess Genesee played 21. So, you know, not a huge discrepancy in in the number of uh, games played, but those two district champions, yeah, they, they need to show why they're district champions they'll take on the winner of that first game and then you know we'll know what what they how they match up with everyone else prairie's if if i'm noticed i got to be worried about if prairie wins that you know prairie they they consistently have good teams come out of there whether it's basketball softball whatever it is so you got to be ready for them if they if they win and come out
0: Absolutely. Shout out to Glens Ferry, Jessica Gibbons. Uh, Aubrey Gibbons is the shortstop, not a pitcher typo. Proud of my girl. Well, we're, you know, we're proud of her too because it's been fun to watch her throughout the season and she has been a really good offensive bat in that Glens Ferry lineup. Um, And and then, yeah, you you mentioned Potlatch, the final team that we're going to talk about here. They have been pretty much the number one team all season long in the coaches poll. They didn't really start playing until like the middle of April. They had a lot of games get canceled because of weather And teams having to kind of forfeit their seasons up north and things like that. And so for a long time, they were like zero and zero, but they were still the top ranked team. And that just shows the level of respect that all the other coaches had for Potlatch. The fact that they hadn't even played a game and they were still the number one ranked team.
1: Yeah. and, And there's a good reason for that. You look at their run differential, they're scoring over 15 runs a game and only giving up four. So that's a good differential. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Um, Potlatch, the final coaches poll, they were one. Um, Prairie was two. Glensbury, three. And then Genesee was five. Rimrock and Notice weren't ranked in the final coaches polls. But yeah, this all these teams, that's going to be a tough, uh, tough tournament. And definitely the best team, you know, whoever wins that can say, hey, we're the best team because there have a lot of good teams to go through.
0: Yeah, for sure. Potlatch. I, I was able to talk to their coach, Dean Butterfield, uh, for the prep cast a few weeks back. And his daughter, Rebecca Butterfield, is their pitcher. He said she throws eight different pitches. <laughs> I said, how is, that even, how is that even possible? And he said, well, it just all kind of depends on what she's feeling and what she you know, lo- looks at the batter and what she can get away with. But eight different pitches for Rebecca Butterfield. She's been outstanding um across both games in the semifinals they beat genesee 14 to 4 and then they beat prairie in the district championship 11 to 1 across both of those games she allowed only four hits and had 19 strikeouts and so uh, we talked about with some of these other pitchers especially at the 2a level she's kind of been the pitcher for potlatch this year but she's been a good one
1: yeah eight different pitches i'd like to see those written out what they are because man not many people softball base. I mean, baseball, they can't throw eight different pitches, but, but yeah, eight different pitches. That's crazy. That really keeps hitters on their toes or back on their heels, you know, get guessing at what's not, what's coming next. You have no idea.
0: Yeah. And I, I asked him in the interview too. And he, I, I can't remember what he said, but uh, just go, go back and well, top go, secret. Yeah, it's, well, <laughs> he mentioned them. I just, there's eight of them. I couldn't just keep oh, okay. I couldn't, mentally. I couldn't keep track of them all. Um, but if you want to listen to that interview, I, I recommend you uh, subscribe uh, and download the IdahoSports.com Prepcast. We uh, we churn it out every week. We're interviewing coaches and uh, people all over the state. And this was a couple of weeks ago that we interviewed Potlatch's coach Dean Butterfield. So check that out. Um, and then yeah, Potlatch has never won softball in its school history. They're really excited and think they have a good chance this year. And a lot of these girls have been playing together since the third grade. And so it would be kind of a Again, talking about storylines and things like that would be kind of cool. But that's that's the softball tournament in a nutshell. You know, 5A down to 1A. We want to thank all the fans that jumped on tonight on Facebook and Twitter and our YouTube channel, and thanks for commenting. If you weren't able to be here live, it's not going anywhere. It'll be archived. It'll be on our Twitter page and our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. So go back and watch it you know, whenever you have time between now and Thursday, when state softball starts, Lauren, it's been an exciting regular season. And I'm, I'm super excited for what's going to happen at state.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been fun to kind of watch the coaches polls and watch the, you know, I didn't get to see really any softball games this year, but I watching records and the different teams Yeah, across the state, we've got some phenomenal athletes from five, a down to one, a great standouts on all of these teams. And it's, it's, if you're at those tournaments, I'm jealous because it's, it's going to be a, Great time to sit, enjoy the weather, watch America's, you know, if you want to say baseball is America's pastime, well, softball's right there with it. It's just a great time to sit at the diamond and watch a great game.
0: Yes, and it's yeah, softball's a great team sport as well. That you know, you get the chance and the cheers from the dugouts and the stomps and the claps, and yeah, it's a good time yeah. for sure.
1: Everything's but, closer. It's just yeah. I, I love fast pitch. I umpired for a while, fast pitch, and I just loved doing fast pitch because you're right there in the mix of everything as an umpire you're right there and like you said the benches are into it there's cheers and chants and the girls are fired up and smiling and happy and it's just a it's a great time if you can get to the tournament get there
0: absolutely all right well we've got one more preview still to come tomorrow at four o'clock right here on facebook twitter and youtube it's going to be our state baseball preview lauren's going to be there i'm going to be there we're going to have all of our play-by-play broadcasters as Idahosports.com. once again we'll be broadcasting every single game every single pitch from the 2021 idaho state baseball championships It's going to be a lot of fun breaking down the baseball brackets uh, tomorrow evening with all the play-by-play guys lauren
1: Yeah. Looking forward to tomorrow. We'll get it. I won't have to talk near as much. So that's a (laughs) bonus. Um, They won't have to listen to me near as much. So we'll have Scott Burton on there. Yeah. It'll be, it's going to be a good time. A lot of great uh, just broadcasters. that will be with us taking on those Gary Jones, if I'm not mistaken, long time broadcaster, one of my old chemistry teachers. So looking forward to that too.
0: Cool. It's going to be a good time. One more shout out before we go here from Tony, get it done. Homedale lady Trojans. Yeah, they've got a great shot. They, I mean, they really do, especially with their setup in the bottom half of the bracket, but, uh, thanks for everybody who gave shout outs to, to fans and teams, uh, throughout the uh, live stream tonight. And if you're baseball fans of these school, a lot of these schools doubled up. A lot of these schools have softball and baseball teams competing. So come on back tomorrow at 4 PM right here with idahosports.com. Uh, Lauren, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. It was fun. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: Sounds great. Thanks for watching, everybody. Good night from idahosports.com.